This is Shack Talk, presented by Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear and hosted by Kyle Agri and Anthony Kleinwachter. Turn up your speakers, grab your gear, and hit the ice with us as we talk ice fishing. Come on in and grab a bucket. We are talking ice fishing. Kyle Agri, Anthony Kleinwachter. We are your hosts, and this is Shack Talk Ice Fishing Podcast. We're awful glad that you joined us, folks, for this episode as we head on into the uh, upcoming Christmas weekend here in the end of 2023. Uh, Anthony, before we we bring our, our guest in here, this has been an interesting start to the ice season, hasn't it? I mean, we uh, here, here we are. We're, we're less than a couple of weeks away from uh, 2024 being ushered in, and yeah, there's there's places that have ice, but it's not a full swing ice season like you might think this time of year. Yeah, we were uh, all expecting cold temperatures. I know both you and I, we winterized our boats in October and Halloween came and it was cold. Deer hunting, there was some cold and all of a sudden we got this mild spell and things have definitely slowed down. And even the areas I think that have some ice, it's just not super consistent yet. I mean, we're here in Obviously, the the report came out of Red Lake. They had some stranded anglers up there. That happens every year, and I know they do a really good job at trying to maintain that uh, safety up there as best they can. But with that big sheet of ice, and you never know what Mother Nature is going to throw at you up there. Um, things are just really at a kind of a stall right now, I would say. And you know, we're making a little bit of ice here and there. And I know both you and I are antsy to get out on the ice. And I'm hoping this weekend uh, will let me get out on the ice to at least. Uh, get scratch that itch, but, um, d- things are definitely slow. I'm hoping that once Christmas rolls around, the temps will swing and we'll get some cold weather and, and shape things up a little bit. As of today, right. Or yesterday. Now the days start getting longer again. So we've hit the, the shortest sunlight daylight day of the year. And we're, we're turning the corner on that. And usually that's followed by a month of uh, continued dropping temperatures. Hopefully that is the case for sure. Uh, I know, you know, I was I was on a little bit of ice here a couple of weeks ago, even just with uh, with some of the events that I was a part of, and um, very small lake, you know, and, and good ice, good clear, uh, strong ice. But last weekend here, there's a report in our part of the world, uh, central Minnesota, on Ottertail Lake, of of guys out in their boat catching walleyes on the open water, and that's just it emphasizes to me something you and I have said an awful lot, and that is. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, if you're going to set foot on the ice, you got to be careful. You got to check your own ice, and um, and safety has to be top of mind. Absolutely, yeah. Make sure to have the safety gear. No ice is safe ice, and I think it'll be a while before we have good, consistent ice where you know you're finding the same amount of ice across the whole body of water. Um, I think for a while it's going to be inconsistent where you might have some good ice here, but maybe there's some bad ice over on another part of the lake. So just be real careful of that and then if we get any snow on top boy that really makes things dangerous where it hides those bad spots or where the lake cracked and opened and refroze um, you, you don't get to see that when there's snow on top of it so just be real careful while you're venturing out at least for a while anyway yeah absolutely and uh, we're hoping that that the ice uh, freeze is going to continue and I'm sure it will and and as you go further north you definitely are seeing more of that and that kind of leads us into our guest which we're Really excited uh, to have on the podcast this episode uh, a friend of both uh, Anthony and myself, Eric Labupa of Kickerfish Media up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Eric, welcome to the podcast. And you were telling us before we got rolling here, you guys have some ice up north of the border. 
Finally. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a really cold Halloween, so we thought it'd be another long season, but uh we're only getting actual safe ice in the last uh, week and a half, couple of weeks now or so. So yeah, it's in full swing now and uh and all the trucks going on to like Lake Winnipeg, for example, is just right around the corner. So that brings up a really good question, Eric, because uh there's a lot of folks down here in the States that are really anxious to get those trips up north of the border, Lake Winnipeg and, and other destinations as well. But I know Lake Winnipeg is certainly one of the more popular ones. How is the ice up there? What are conditions as we speak right now? As of yesterday, so yesterday, 24 hours ago, eight inches uh, side by sides are up there already. People are walking out and some snowmobiles and stuff. So there's not too much snow cover on there. It's, it's eight inches of good, solid, clear ice, actually. So as you know, temperatures have sort of been warmish this December, which is great. Not complaining, not complaining too much, but uh, there's, there's some good ice and it's developing. Like today is cold. Today is cold right now overnight. We're in Celsius here. Of course, you guys are fair, and I don't know what that would be, but we're minus 15 today, which is a good ice-making weather at uh, lunchtime. So it's, it's, it's really good right now. And hopefully we get to a foot and a couple of feet right away and uh, just in time for you know Christmas break and get on some greenbacks. I don't care if you're in Celsius or Fahrenheit. Just hearing you say minus 15 sounds awesome, <laughs> as far as the ice fishing is concerned. <laughs> cool, cool. It's nice to be back on Shack. Like it's been a couple of years, actually. I think, yeah, I was last on here a couple of years ago. So it's been a while. I had to force my way on. I have to tell these guys I'm coming on no matter what. So I'm <laughs> You did. You you reached out. And honestly, the, the topic that you were just kind of inquiring about was perfect for the timing. Because as we approach the new year and we're looking ahead to 2024, I think one of the things that no matter what part of the ice world you live in, um, we talk about ice derbies and and we talk about fishing tournaments and competitive fishing. And that's something that gets uh, the excitement built up in a lot of anglers, whether it's uh, just a local contest or, or some of the bigger big time contests. I mean, putting your angling skills up against the best in the region or the, the area is something that's always fun to do. And, and um, that's not any different in the wintertime. Now, I think a lot of folks in, in our part of the world, we recognize there's events like the, the Brainerd Ice Fishing Extravaganza, right? And and you're talking about 10, 15,000 people coming out onto the ice and it's primarily a fundraising event. It's it's an event that's social, that's um, that's fun. You know, boundaries are pretty confined. You're, you're kind of shoulder to shoulder and, and that's what makes part of the fun of that type of event. But that's not the only thing that's out there in the world, right? I mean, there's, there's lots of different kinds of uh, uh, events we can take part in during the open water or the hard water. Yeah, so like derbies, like you, you described the, the big uh, GC one, and up here we have a tradition too, long tradition of ice fishing culture. Uh, derbies are sort of synonymous with that, whether it's just your friends group or local club or some of the bigger ones, and a lot of them are targeted towards fundraising events and stuff like that. We have three big ones in Manitoba. Uh, and it's fun and they're fantastic. I take part, I volunteer, I run some, I compete in some, uh, but I'm, I'm as, as an open water competitive fisherman, as you guys are as well. Uh, I like that there are in the last few years here in Manitoba, we had the, the Keystone icebreaker series. So they ran for three seasons uh, and taken over now with a new series coming up, but it, it, it's, it's, you're bringing tournament fishing onto the ice. And, and there hasn't always been that. I think the closest comparison would be the NAIFC which I don't think is running this year, to be honest, with the North American ice fishing circuit, panfish, uh, you know, and some, some things have come and gone. There's all these uh, different apps now with online kind of fishing. Uh, I'm sure you guys are aware of whatever kind of app you want to use kind of thing. Uh, 
so we're sort of unique in that we're doing the tournament fishing uh, onto the ice. So it's catch, photo, release, but you're talking about catching your five best walleye on any kind of given competition day, whether one or two days. And and no no grid. You're like you're not set to a grid as how a derby would be kind of thing. Uh, you're two person teams, and you're going out there, set them loose on a on a, on a lake or a river, and uh, may the may the best team win kind of thing. So yeah, I'm really excited to the season. And I know you mentioned both of the the Brainer JCs and the, and the Derby style, and I think even the JCs they've adopted a new format with their tournament as well, where people can participate through an app. I think it's through the Fish Donkey app, where you can participate in the entire state of Minnesota fishing um, and compete for for prizes on on the app as well. So it's really interesting to see, like you said, the evolution of derbies and open water fishing, and now it's kind of morphed into that ice fishing culture. And having the ability to do more of a tournament style uh, versus the derby style, and, and really open that up to that competitive angler. Yeah, there's nothing against derbies. You guys have all participated in derbies, and you know those go whatever. They're fun as heck, but <laughs> it, as far as fishing prowess and whatnot, you know, it's not some not the best test of uh, or, or or you know showcase of someone's abilities on, on catching whatever species are. There's a little bit of luck involved. There is. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a great time. Uh, but with with a tournament, especially, let's say, a two-day competition or a one-day competition kind of thing, and, and you're catching your five best now, you know, and and, and for our competitions, it's 18-inch minimum uh, walleye uh, up to whatever size kind of thing. Now you're sort of like, okay, you're setting, setting someone loose on a lake and going to go try and catch your five best, and you can you can upgrade throughout the day and stuff like that. It, it, it's a different kind of competition for sure. So it's elite hard to say elite but we're calling it the elite series it's the icebreaker elite series we're calling it but yeah you know this is more of a true test of uh who can catch fish on uh, any given body of water you guys have quite a tradition up there in manitoba of uh, open water fishing tournaments as well i know that uh, uh eric you and i have competed against each other many years in october up there on the winnipeg river uh, of course that that's in in boats and there's a lot of similarities in that, right? You know, you, you've got a set limit of fish you can bring to the scale that you can weigh in in, in terms of your team and and the, the limitations. Of course, there's boundaries on any type of contest, right? But they're a lot more extensive when you're talking about a tournament versus a derby. What are some of the other differences? For, I'm just thinking some of our listeners have uh, participated in derbies, right? And they're familiar with what a, what a fishing derby is, but... Um, Wanting to, to maybe point out some of the differences in this type of event. Yeah, a derby usually is just each angler's best fish, you know, and then you submit that for scoring, and that's that's the one. Whereas in a, a tournament, it's uh, it's usually more than one catch kind of thing, and it's in an accumulative weight. So we're going by pounds, and you know, at the end of the day, everyone's standings uh, come into play, and you see where everyone finishes, kind of thing. So. A tournament is uh, it's just it's just level of difficulty is a little bit harder kind of thing. Like you said, you're not on a, you're, it's up to your own equipment. So we were thinking, you know, open water fishing. We've done lots of tournaments. There's a format there. There's there's professional level right down to club level, uh, and 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 for fun. But we were thinking, why does that have to stop when when the water freezes? Kind of thing. Like we could do this on the ice too. And you know, and it, it's surprising that it hasn't really taken off so much. Like say, just stick walleye fishing for example. Walleye fishing is the most popular. Uh, some all the bass guys would argue right now, but walleye fishing is popular, especially through the ice. Uh, why stop the competitive stuff when it freezes? You know, so when 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 that Keystone Trail came about, you know, it, it took a while to get up here anyway in Manitoba. People's heads wrapped around, you know, like 
is it a derby? You know, like, it's just a glorified kind of derby. And then the competition started going. It's like, holy smokes. Like, the cream really was rising to the top. People were on top of big fish. Now we're talking, I always throw the word out, master angler, and, and, and all of our American friends who come up here are familiar with that term. Even if you don't come up here, you see them all the time on social media. Uh, they're catching five master angler walleye each day. So, like, like it would take, like, there was one tournament where it took 10, 30 inches to win, like five each day kind of thing. And it's like, like, hats off, hats off to that team there and those teams who could do that because, like, that's, you're on top of fish, you know, and you're catching them kind of thing. So the competitive juices started going, people were all, you know, everyone's here. Like, we take Lake Winnipeg as examples, our most popular lake, one of the most popular destinations for water on the planet. Anyone who comes out here is a pro. You know, everyone catches, you know, like, well, this is a 30-inch, 30-inch, 30-inch here. Well, you know, put your put your money where your mouth is kind of thing and try and prove it in a tournament. And the challenge has been thrown out there the last couple of years and people are joining. They either sink or float, so to speak, kind of thing. And it's cool. It's, it's really cool. So we're doing this now. We're expanding. We're building on top of that now. We've got the, the Kicker Fish Icebreaker Elite Series. And we're trying to create an actual, quote, unquote, pro. None of us are pros up here. But uh, a pro series where you actually have to qualify and have your tour card kind of thing year over year big cash thrown in we've got lots of great sponsors coming on board and yeah catching greenback walleye for greenbacks you know for cash uh and and for ice fishing supremacy kind of thing and bragging rights really is what the biggest thing is <laughs> a lot of his bragging rights you know no one's getting rich Absolutely. doing this but everyone wants to be known as and you know be recognized you know and even if you just have your, your your day in the sun there where you were on top of 10 30-inch walleye, you're not going to be recognized for it. So uh, it, it's shaping up right now. We've got 20 teams signed up. We're looking to do 35 teams. Uh, you know, we'll be getting like headshots of everybody promoting how many top 10s they've had. The whole kind of thing, you know, like trying to really do it. Like uh, some of your listeners will recognize the old PWT. You know, right now we've got the National Walleye Tour still going on. Uh, we've got lots of friends, of course, that are on the Elite Series uh, up here. Jeff Gustafson is one. You know, Jamie Bruce is trying to qualify and stuff. So uh, we're just, we're taking that sort of concept of having tournament over tournament qualifying events, and we have a tour championship, and bringing that onto the ice and see where it goes. You know, so we have three American teams actually already signed up, and we're hoping for more kind of thing. Like people come up here already; they bring their snow bears and there's side by sides and whatnot. They're already coming up here to fish three, four times a year. You might as well do it in tournament, and uh, some of them have signed up already. Okay, that brings up a question, Eric, and. Uh... Here, here's the deal, right? If you're fishing an open water tournament, you're you're partnered up, so it's a team tournament as well. In most instances, you're confined to the to the space within the inside of your boat. That's not the case when you're out ice fishing, right? Um, are there rules as to the fact that these two teammates have to have a, a a virtual rope tied to each other so they can't go their separate ways? How how do you kind of handle that scenario? Snow bears, snowmobiles side-by-sides, trucks. How do, you, how do you handle all that? Good question. Good question, Kyle. It's, uh, they are tethered, so to speak, 50-foot uh, rule, and we're going to carry on with it. There's a 50-foot rule between partners. So you can go out there and you can work a grid and whatnot, your own grid that you make, but you're within 50 feet of each other. So someone can't be at Balsam Bay, for example, and someone else is on the Red River, kind of like, like as they take our lake, for example. Uh, you're still together as a team. Uh, you're not confined to a boat, per se, but still you're talking about a cast length away kind of thing, uh, so, but you can travel everywhere, whether you're going to, like, the strategy really comes into play, whether you're going to go fish shallow, you know, you're going to go try deep, uh, should we stick it out kind of thing. With the advent of the forward facing now, uh, what we found the last couple of seasons, I competed the last couple of years. Last year, I competed with my son. He was four years old at the time. 
<laughs> me and him did it. I did most of the work kind of thing. Uh, we had four Markhams that we used, and we would have four holes with Markhams on, and we'd just keep an eye on those things and see if fish were coming about. But with the advent of forward-facing sonar now and whatever brand you use, what we what they do now is they have like this clock kind of grid. And this this machine is in the middle, and you got one person scanning and manning the machine, and the other person is doing the combat, hand-to-hand combat with either like say a Markham flasher per se and go dropping on the hole and they're working at the grid that way. And you know, cause like it's, you're working as a team. So it doesn't really matter who catches the fish and whatnot. So it's just like, like the open water tournaments. You just got to get your scores in uh, and someone takes the photos and you take and you release them and go after them again. Kind of thing. As in Lake Winnipeg, if you haven't fished it before, when you're on a group, like when you're on a pod, you want to stay on this pod. They do migrate day to day throughout the day kind of thing. So a lot of these teams are just on top of these, uh, these fish and the teams that are doing well are, are able to stay on top of them. So there's a lot of strategy involved. It's not just a matter of picking a spot and you're there for the eight hours. You got to see like uh, teams that are trying to follow us, for example, and this is me and my little guy, like they, they would have camera, like live, there's live shots throughout the day. There's a live chief with a live leaderboard and they're trying to follow teams around and they found that it was really hard. Like the organizers, we can't follow it. No one stays in one spot for longer than 30 minutes kind of thing. It's just, well, yeah, like you're trying to go. And then especially when you're looking at the leaderboard and people are catching fish and you're watching it happening live. Holy geez, we're missing out on something. We're not catching them and you're off off to the races again kind of thing. So it, it's really cool. The strategy comes into play as opposed to a derby, nothing against derbies, but you're sort of plunking yourself down on a bucket and whatever hole was drilled for you and you drop the line down and go to the hot dog stand and stuff like that, you know? So a tournament is like an eight-hour competitive fishing day and it's actual ice fishing and trying to target these fish and, and having nine rods set up with different lures. It's uh, It really brings the open water stuff. There's really no difference aside from standing on ice. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah, I was just going to ask, is there a, a takeoff point, uh, a check-in point similar to like if you were launching a boat in an open water tournament and then throughout the day you said it's getting live updates. Is there, a, is there any blackout period? Like do you know once it cuts off who's in the lead or is there any any mystery to it? Yeah, we got the same starting spot. So for our series this year, qualifying event number one is uh, January 14. It's coming up right away on the Red River. And the turn will be on the Red River only, which is just new for a lot of people. But the Red River is hot. Like it's open water. It's been nuts. And then uh, we got February 4, February 25, and uh, the championship in March. Uh, Balsam Bay is one of the entry points where we, everyone has to gather there and take off from there. So we actually do inspections. So we're inspecting your flipovers or inspecting your sleds. You know, you don't want to have like, frozen fish or whatnot, you know, trying to keep it all the integrity of the competition in play. Uh, Warner Road is the other um, spot where we're taking off from. So, and then as far as live goes, like I said, teams are entering them to us. We're going to use the WhatsApp, the WhatsApp app. Everyone's going to have it on their phone. Uh, it's very dependable and you can transfer video there and whatnot. Uh, so that, the live score, and we update on the computer and the live scores are going right there. So we'll have a blackout period towards, I think, the last hour or so, just, you know, maintain suspense and and just to make sure all our ducks in a row, because, uh, you, you have to do adjudicate entries. So when they come in, we have uh, a scrutinizing tent, a couple people are judges, and you're looking and you're zooming in on photos and make sure, you know, mouths are closed, tails are pinched or whatever they can be, and you're getting the right measurements, you know? So these fish are accurate. There is no spitballing. Yeah, it probably was a 30-inch walleye, you know? Like, if it's 28 and three quarters, that's what it is kind of thing. And then there's a conversion chart. And uh, the chart that we based it on was the AIM. AIM is in Minnesota, you know. The, uh, I, I tweaked it a little bit to how we wanted it to be kind of thing with the increments and whatnot. But, yeah, like generally speaking, your 28-inch walleye will be uh, 9 pounds, if I remember correctly. Something like that, and it goes from there kind of thing. And there's some insane weights. Insane, insane weights. And some days are tougher, too. 
So because like we're going out, there was a tournament two years ago on the tour when it was a blizzard, minus 40 with the wind chill, uh, three feet of snow coming down, and we didn't cancel the tournament. So the only people on Lake Winnipeg were the 25 teams that were in this competition because we had to go out that day. And it was harder fishing, but if you were able to catch them on that day, hats off to you, you know what I mean? Like, like it doesn't matter what the conditions are. Everyone's on the same playing field and go out and get them kind of thing. So it really just is like open water competitions on the ice. Yeah, I've always made that argument that it it's actually a few of the tournaments that I've fished in. When the conditions are tough, it actually makes it a little bit easier because if you can get on them when the t- conditions are tough, there's probably not a lot of people that are getting on them. Whereas if the conditions are good, usually everybody's got their A spot, their B spot, their C spot, everything's going well, and it makes it a lot harder. So I like fishing when those conditions are tough because – it actually is, can work into your advantage if you're on them. If you're not, then you're probably not going to do so well. There's a lot of open water tournaments, but you know how it is. You guys come back to the to the weigh scale, and it's like, we had a good day. And then usually if you have a good day, everybody had a good day. <laughs> you end up middle of the pack kind of thing. And it, it all sort of translates on the ice as well kind of thing. We've had days where we thought three master anglers and a couple 25 inches, and we thought that that's a solid day. And then we come down and we're in eleventh place. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, geez, it's good for everybody. It's uh, it's good for everybody. I want to say I was on, I was on Lake Winnipeg the the day you're talking about in that blizzard, <laughs> and I don't think we meant more than uh, about three quarters of a mile from shore because, you know, you talk about in in aviation where you're flying by instrument navigation only. And right. that kind of was what it was out there. I mean, it was nasty. You guys were uh, <laughs> really going for it, which is cool. And and uh, and you ended up catching some good fish that that tournament as well. So, with the 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 series you're talking about, Eric, all of the events are going to be based on Lake Winnipeg. Are they all one or are they all two day events? Uh, the qualifying events are one day events. Uh, for the last few years, it's been two days. It's just sort of hard on the body. It makes for like, like really long days and stuff like that. So we had it all one day qualifiers and the Saturday is more like a scouting day if you choose to. There was an advantage and it's the same thing with open water too. There's an advantage for people who can take a Thursday or Friday off and go fish water, you know, and in some people weekend warriors Saturday morning that they, they got to go from scratch kind of thing. So this sort of evens it out a little bit and uh, you know, there's hockey and whatnot all throughout the thing, you know, so there's more people can commit to more, more competition. So it's three qualifying events. You earn points based on, you know, where you finish and stuff. And then you got to qualify for the championship, a two-day championship uh, in March. 23 and 24 is our two-day championship. And uh, the top 10, top 20 compete there, say, out of 30 teams. And then the top 10 make it on day two, championship Sunday, and everyone gets cash. And we're fighting for, it's looking right now, $10,000 Canadian, which is pesos for you guys, but it's still $10,000 Canadian. It'll still buy a handful of augers and shacks, too, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some incentive there. <laughs> Yes, and when I was talking about tour cards, so we have a B-side final simultaneously will be going on on Championship Sunday as well. So there's a B-side final, uh, and you got to meet, and then it's an open. So anyone who was on the outside looking in all throughout the season and, and wants to get in on the fun, because uh, it's going to be a fun season, it's going to be promoting everybody like pros and stuff like that. Uh, you can join that open and try and qualify for the 2025 season as well on that last day. And there's cash and prizes on, on that day as well. So. Yeah, we're really like like we're modeling after the DASS Elite series, except we've got three qualifying events and a championship, and uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna film it, you know. We're gonna make it like a, there's a tour level gold, you know, like videos on YouTube right now for the for the National Walleye Tour. We're gonna do something like that with our thing and film everything, and yeah, just gonna have lots of fun with it. 
you are going to spare no expense and do this right. And I'm excited <laughs> to see what this is going to be like. Okay, so I, having been up there, and Anthony also, that time of the year that you're holding that championship, uh, it's no mistake. It's not, it's not any question as to why you're holding the championship that time of the year. You're going to have some great weights up there on Lake Winnipeg uh, mid to end of March. That is traditionally traditionally good weather to be fishing as you can fish outdoors a lot easier than you can uh, other times of the year. But it seems like the fishing gets better up there. You're, you're really doing it right. That's going to be fun to watch just to see uh, uh, the weights that come in on that championship event. March Madness, for sure. And the difference, like the later it goes, like you say, fishing outside. Now you start seeing when you you can see hook sets. And be surprised how far you can see hook sets from on that lake. You know, it could be a couple of kilometers or a mile away, and you're seeing hook sets. And, you know, that, that actually affects people's decisions on where to go. And I think the bite's over there, and people start moving over and stuff like that. So well, you can uh, March see Madness, them and you can it's hear them. awesome. Oh, and you'll hear it too. Oh, you'd be surprised how quiet people are now. There's no whoop sure. and holler in, <laughs> you know, and like a different aspect in the lake. It really is different where you have just your recreational anglers, right? It's a, it's a busy lake. So you can't be fishing. There, there's actually a perimeter where you can't fish with other people, just avoid, you know, sharing and whatnot and cheating. So yeah, there is, there is a buffer zone between you and any, anybody else out there. So uh, we have marshals driving around on sleds, going out there and, and making sure people are, you know, not infringing on other teams. Remember I talked about that grid? You have your, like, you can only fish two holes each person, but you have this sort of set grid as well where, you know, it's cool. Like, we have a whole rules meeting things and everything. But, yeah, like, you've set up your grid. If you vacate that area, then, like, it's free-for-all for anybody again. But if you're, if you're working a grid, you have your own grid that you can work. It's just like leaving a marker buoy, I guess, on, on open water, for example. Oh. If you're working a reef, it's your reef kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And then if anyone's approaching, if Joe Blow, your neighbor's approaching, oh, you got to keep your distance. You can't or else my fish won't qualify kind of thing and stuff. It, it, but you can have, like, your touring fans, like, following Tiger Woods around a golf course. I had We had people following me and Ash last year following us around, you know, just hanging up. They've got their limits already. They're about to head off for the day. It's 2 o'clock, and we're going to follow you guys around for half an hour. Sure, just stay at that distance and watch. And So they watched me drop millions of big fish. <laughs> we had witnesses to it as all, well, but... Uh, it's, it's wild. It's, it's pretty cool. We're going to have following galleries this year too and stuff. So it's going to be great. If, if anyone's interested in it, uh, contact contact me anytime on whatever socials at kickerfish.ca. Uh, you'll see the full rules up on that website and um, on our social medias. And I'll send you all the info. It's, uh, it's $1,200 for the season, $300 each tournament. And you're entered for the whole thing. And uh, yeah, just lots of fun. It's going to be really, really cool. Let's say there's some folks here from the States that are listening uh, they've never they've never done a real tournament. They've fished derbies. They've never done a real tournament. Certainly not one on ice. But they're interested because you're making a really good case, Eric. I mean, you're making a really good case <laughs> as to how fun this is going to be. Can they enter just one event and not have to commit to the entire season just because of their own personal schedules and traveling and that kind of thing, or or is it kind of an all or none scenario? For the for the series, it's it's all the whole series. You're committing to the whole regular season, and then the the championship is our playoffs. But like I said, on March 24, we have that open. You can mark that on your calendar if you want to do one. And I'm sure there's going to be lots of people signing up for that one. That's a that's an open to the public. Uh, you you put your money into the pot there, $300 for a team, and uh, come out and compete. You could be fishing there all weekend and just do a. I know Kyle comes and takes our money, and a lot of Americans take our money every year at Pine Falls. You know, they fish all week, and then they take our money on Saturday, Sunday, and you guys could do the same thing uh, this March if you want to. 
Okay, so say somebody wants to come up and, and fish the series. Um, I know there's been some different changes in, uh, we were talking before about live bait and different things. What kind of changes are, are there up on Lake Winnipeg this year, even for the guys that are coming up and maybe not fishing the series, but just coming up to Lake Winnipeg this winter in general? I know there's some changes. Yeah, brand, brand new. Well, it was brand new last spring. This is going to be the first ice season where you can't keep anything over 55 centimeters. So that's uh, 21 and three quarter inches something like that, like period. And that's for a lot of our sport fish. That's smallmouth bass, northern pike, channel catfish has always been there. But they have this, any any big fish, trophy fish, just can't keep anymore. So, uh, yeah, even for mounting, we're trying to, I'm trying to lobby the government for uh, like a, a taxidermy kind of permit, you know, something like that. You know, you catch a 31-incher, you can make replicas nowadays. A lot of people still want to do a skin mount, something like that. But at, at, as of right now, there's nothing... Nothing can be kept that way. So that's a new rule, actually. Uh, bait, you can still use live bait. For now, they're phasing it out. Uh, they're slowly phasing out until uh, 2027. There won't be live bait, as in like minnows, on, on uh, in Manitoba anymore. So that's sort of not cool. But I mean, and just people are, are changing and, 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 you know, finding what else works. Spoons and, and rattle baits, of course, have always been good on there. So people are using that. And people are experimenting now with different wax worms and different things like that. So anglers can adjust always to whatever whatever is out there kind of thing we're pretty adaptive oh, right yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah anglers will find a way kind of thing so it's not a problem those walleye are are hungry down there i drop down there's some days where i drop down nothing you know like like just just a bare hook and a jig and i'm still getting hit you know so it can't be that good actually that's no exaggeration at all and i know last year they had some some trial runs with some overnight fishing as well i think and how is that expanded again this year or? yeah you, you can they're trying some stuff or whatever, like uh, different outfitters. There's still outfitters are allowed to rent out different units out there to stay overnight and things like that. So they are experimenting with different things. Uh, not completely up to date on the overnight stuff there. But yeah, I mean, you could be out there now. And some people are just staying just off the edge of the lake anyway. And you just mm -hmm. leave a shelter out there kind of thing and go back in the morning, make sure it's pegged down and stuff. I know the outbreaks are fantastic. But I've, I've left my outbreaks out in the lake before. And you just go back and, you know, <laughs> as long as it's pegged down good, you're, you're set kind of thing. Yeah, they, they'll stay in place pretty good. And then as long as you're ready for that wind, right, then that's the thing yeah. up there is uh, occasionally you get those winds. But, okay, so going back to the live bait thing, because I, I do, I got a couple more questions on that. I think that's interesting. Yeah. As, as the live bait's phased out, what do they consider a, a, a salted shiner? That's a, that's a dead minnow that's been preserved. I know they're very popular up there. We fish them uh, in the fall, open water, fish them through the ice quite often versus the, the live minnows that you buy at the bait store and you carry your permit with you. What's the classification for that salted shiner? Salted shiners are, are, are dead bait. Those are fine. Those aren't going anywhere. Hopefully, knock on wood, like for the time being kind of thing, they're not going nowhere. So they're, they're good to go. Uh, the live bait is just like actual live bait. They're chubs and, and mud minnows, which are popular up here kind of thing. Uh, the shiners aren't uh, part of that. So they'll always be shiners and uh, you know, people are tipping their baits for that kind of stuff or whatever, and they work fantastic too, the, the salted minnows. So, yeah, those are good to go. They're not going nowhere. Uh, it's definitely good to know, and I think for myself and Kyle getting ready uh, and excited for the, the Lake Winnipeg season, I know it's uh, definitely on my list again this year, and I don't know if I'll be uh, throwing my hat in the ring for any tournament series yet, but uh, maybe in the future. Hopefully, uh, really looking forward to seeing how that turns out for you guys, watching the, the coverage and the the footage that you guys capture. And I know I'll be probably rooting for a few of you guys while you're out there on the ice. 
Awesome, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you follow along, you know, I'm sure you'll you'll be sick of hearing it by the end of the season, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I really want to thank S Point Iron for supporting uh, the series here, and yeah, we're like it'd be it's gonna be great where people are like sponsored almost. You know, like you have jerseys, we have like hoodie jerseys. You know, like just open water and people have their stuff or boat wraps. So people have been wrapping their their side by sides, and and they have wraps on their trucks and whatnot, and promoting whatever brands they're affiliated or or, or 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 loyal to and it's really cool i think it's you're bringing professional fishing onto the ice i think that's a little bit different there, there was there was an naifc event here a long time ago in balsam bay i think that's going back 12 13 14 years ago they did one event out of balsam bay and it was a foreign concept to everybody it was like what they can go wherever they want on the lake so how would you know that they're not like like you're cheating and all that kind of stuff it was really a foreign concept and it was only a one and done and then a few years ago, a couple of cool guys brought the, the Keystone series back and we're, we're carrying it on now. And uh, I think this is a start of something uh, really cool here. Greenback walleye fishing on the ice uh, uh, in a tournament setting. It's going to be, ah, man, I'm so excited. I want it to start right now. Well, here <laughs> we go. And folks, this is Eric Labupa. He's with Kickerfish Media. And we're talking about the Kickerfish Icebreaker Elite Series ice fishing tournament. So, not ice derbies, but ice tournaments, uh, really a, a different animal. And as you said, uh, a little bit unfamiliar to some folks, but yet familiar in a way that we've, we've seen them in the open water. But this is, uh, this is one, of the, uh, one of the few that's done on the ice. You brought up a comment, Eric, about uh, 30 seconds ago. You said, uh, how do we know if people aren't cheating? And that's a question I have. So you said we've, the two team members have to stay within 50 feet of one another, and they've got that little grid they can work. How do you know that they're not going out to 100 feet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, that whole cheating and, like, competitive fishing has taken a big hit. You know, you know that yeah. big thing that went out there with people putting weights and fish and stuff like that. So that, people, a lot of people, are especially just the casual competitive anglers, are very dubious of any kind of competitions. We've had some stuff with some online competitions, you know, ones that go on for two weeks or whatever kind of thing, and there's been some sort of cheating in that too. So uh, with my open water, I, I run open water tournaments as well. I run the Selkirk Wallet Championship, for example. Uh, this year we instituted a whole pile of, of checks and balances to, to, to keep the integrity of the competition going. And we're going to use the same rules for the ice. So uh, what, what are those you ask? Everyone gets the same judge ruler. So we have, we issue rulers uh, each morning of competition to the team and it's random, there's serial numbers on it. Uh, so those are random rulers each day. So there's no fudging rulers. Uh, then there's a, there's a strict set of rules for it's catch water release. Of course, uh, being an ice competition, fish can only be out for, for how long kind of thing. So you want a healthy release. So there's requirements for having a measurement shot, the entire ruler, the serial number has to be in that photo, uh, and, and, and the fish in it, uh, same side up kind of thing. So if, if no one's done catch water release before, uh, there's all kinds of rules for that. There's a release video. That way, it's just like the fish has to be filmed, released in the hole, and you're, and you're not throwing it down the hole like you, sometimes you will do. The fish swims away on its own. So the last three seasons we've been doing, it actually works. If, if you do it right, especially if you're inside a shack where you're not outside, the fish has more time. But you put it in the hole, and the fish will sw swim off on its own volition, and it's, it actually splashes all your camera stuff and everything. Like that. But they'll swim away. It's gone hands off. It's, it's, it's gone down the hole, and then that's a legit catch kind of thing. Uh, so everyone has the same ruler. As far as... Um, uh, like that day, and, and like you're saying, like the distance, like we said, we have the Marshall rule and you're going around there and keeping people honest. We say there's no boundary, but really a lot of, we're fishing the Southern toenail of that Lake Winnipeg. And uh, 
and people are, are keeping up to date and where they are. If someone's going to go all the way up to Hecla, for example, that's something no one's really ever done. But I guess we would talk about it. Maybe we would put a, a Jeep, like a, a latitude line somewhere or whatever. No one's really done that before, but uh, you can't like leave the lake kind of thing. We inspect all your equipment going in, you know, going onto the lake and stuff like that. Uh, there's a buffer zone that there's no, some Joe Blow from a shack can't run over. I got a 30. Do you want to use it for your competition? You know, there, there, there is some, there is some element of, uh, of, of honor there and integrity and stuff, but uh we do do all kinds of checks and balances. There's got to be tokens in the in the photo, for example. Uh, aside from the serial number, there's a token that you slap it on the fish, it'll stick on a slimy fish kind of thing, and that token is there to number fish. And we, and then our scrutinizers examine each one for whether you'd be surprised. Like now, now I do it all the time. Any photo I see on social media, I'm, I'm examining if it's the same fish because you can see scale marks, cheek marks, scars, fin markings, and stuff like that. You're trying to see if it's the uh, same fish and whatnot. Hence. We always have the same side facing the camera and all this, this, and that. There's lots of checks and balancing in it. It's not just a, a rinky-dink kind of a wishy-washy rules. Uh, some would say it's actually too, like too many rules almost kind of thing, you know, but uh, expediency is also like it's, it's fish health is, uh, is primary first. So you don't want to make it too complicated where the fish is out of the water for so long either. So there, there's lots of learning there. And a lot of the people do, like I said, we have 20 teams signed up already. More than half have already done this competition before we have a couple of new teams and we'll be walking everyone through the system and stuff like that so the health of the fishery is, is foremost especially when you're fishing like possibly you know all minus temperatures and stuff uh, and then the integrity uh, as well is just as important because uh, you're dealing with money and cash and, and all that kind of stuff too so you want to keep that uh, keep that intact as well so yeah we've got those covered the rules are like four or five pages long it's this big official document or whatever but uh we've got rules we need for every competition as well and stuff to, to explain everything well i tell you what as a as an angler who has fished in competitive tournaments open water and i've also run open water competitive tournaments i can appreciate the fact that you do recognize that there's some honor and integrity that's put on the shoulders of the participants that's okay but you do have the checks and balances also and that, and that balance, I think, is what makes a good, healthy, competitive event that's fun for people to participate in because they're not, they're not worried that they're entering it at a disadvantage. They know what's going in. Everybody's on a level playing field. And uh, it's really your angling skill that's going to differentiate the, the top from the bottom. Especially in this day and age, everyone's got a camera in their pocket nowadays. And so people really police themselves. And you got the and, and making it such a front facing and such a, a a public kind of competition where we're not just preaching to our anglers. We're, we want to have big viewers, a viewership on this, you know, from out of province, in province, actually people watching and following along. Anyone on the ice will be, oh, these guys are in competition. Like, oh, that we know that team, you know, people will be getting policed by the general public as well and stuff like that, because you would hate to be a team that's gets caught cheating and stuff like you know what I mean like that's uh that's 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 the worst and no one's doing this like I said to get rich and I think it's uh it's 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 for the spirit of competition and then hopefully you get some gas money on the side kind of thing so you know uh I, we're not too worried about that we have all of great anglers uh joining the tour yeah the old adage of hoping you walk away from a tournament breaking even right like that's usually the goal <laughs> yeah and that's first place too sometimes yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no we've all been there well Eric it's been great uh Great hearing about the new series. I know both Kyle and I are excited. Obviously, we can tell your excitement, and we'll be looking forward for updates for that. Uh, really looking forward to that to get kicked off. 
again, if anybody has questions, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you, ask questions, um, find out more about the the series? Yeah, you can find us at the kickerfish.ca at gmail.com is our email. We've got a, a YouTube channel, which is uh, we're really starting to put content on there. We've got a podcast every Monday there too. Uh, and just contact us there. Social media, you type in Eric. You type in Eric in Manitoba and fishing, those kind of keywords, uh, a Filipino guy will show up on there somewhere. There you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you'll see me there contacting any of those Facebook, Instagram, email, and stuff like that. And uh, I'll get back to you when I can. Hey, for our listeners, before, before and, I'm, and I don't mean to interrupt, Anthony, but you mentioned your podcast. Where, where can people watch that or listen to that? Yeah, we're on the Kickerfish channel on YouTube. And uh, if anyone's on Facebook, we're there too. It's the Cast and Neck podcast. We've been on since 2017, every Monday, live live for better or worse we're live at 8 15 every monday we've only missed a handful in the seven seven years now we're on season seven hard water right now and uh, we have a great time on that we're going to get you guys guesting on there coming up here we're going to have to do that there too i've never had you guys on so i will do it as well join it if you can check it out at the kickerfish uh, channel on youtube well we're definitely uh, fans and i tune in uh, on a on a semi-regular basis sometimes i my schedule doesn't allow it but i can tell you what it's always entertaining, it's always informative, and it's always a fun watch. So I'd encourage folks to, to check that one out if you haven't already. And lots of great fan interaction. I know I've participated in the comments a few times and, you know, getting those comments, uh, you know, live to the to the producers of the, or to you guys on the co- hosts of the show. Um, I know that's really fun, and I've been able to, to enjoy a few of those podcasts as well. So, yeah, I appreciate that, too. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, that, that live aspect, aspect is pretty cool every Monday. You know, you never know what's going to come through the pipe, and I try and filter it. I'm producing and hosting at the same time. You know me with a microphone, and you're doing all kinds of stuff. You've seen it. We have a great time on it. We don't even talk about anything specific, you know. And anyone's on there, like like it, a lot of your fo- listeners follow Clayton Schick, for example, or like a Jay Siemens or Jeff Gutherson. They're, they're on there watching and commenting here and there kind of thing too. So it's pretty wild where the, the, the fishing community, especially the ice fishing community, not everyone ice fishes, is very small. You know, like it's, it's very interconnected and it's all three, four, five degrees of separation. So it's pretty wild. And I appreciate you guys too for having Shack Talk and stuff. You know, it just, it's, it's so cool. So if anyone can get the word out there about our series, we'd, lo- we'd love it, you know, and you're going to hear a lot about it uh, this winter. And uh, hopefully it's the start of something, something cool for years to come. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it and uh, look forward to connecting with you again this ice season. And hopefully we'll see you up there. I know Kyle and I both have a couple trips planned. So really hoping that our, our paths cross. And for our listeners, again, thanks for, for joining in. Um, go check out the Kickerfish series. Uh, reach out to those guys. Tune into their podcast as well. Um, make sure to go back and listen to any of our previous episodes. Kyle and I are already reached the halfway point of the season, so really looking forward to a few more great guests, but we've had a lot of great uh, information already this season, so looking forward for more of that to come. And I know Kyle and I, and I'm sure Eric as well, we're all looking forward to getting out on the ice, uh, sharing that content with you, and really just hoping that everybody has a safe and happy holidays Um, And we'll see you after the new year, and hopefully we'll have some more fish stories to share.